0: You're listening to Builder Funnel Radio. This is the Building a Family Business Show with Weston Brooks Powell. Let's dive in. The Powell Family construction business has been around for over 110 years. Over that time, it's evolved and been through four generations of the Powell Family. What started as a new construction business building spec homes in the Seattle area evolved to building communities, remodeling, building custom homes, and then getting involved with property management. Today, the business currently owns and operates two retirement and assisted living facilities, several apartment buildings, and does third-party property management in the Seattle area with about 750 total doors under management. Over the last several decades, Wes and Brooks have seen it all when it comes to business evolution, family dynamics in the construction industry. This is the show where I work to extract their knowledge and experiences. To help you navigate family dynamics, among other things, in your construction business. Let's dive into the show. Hey guys, did you know that 72% of client unhappiness is directly attributed to a lack of communication during projects? The team over at Buildbook has solved that problem once and for all with a tool that keeps all the conversations and decisions between you, your team, and your clients in one place. Their simple, powerful app helps you create daily logs. Schedule and manage your client tasks, keep track of selections, process change orders, and so much more. I met the Buildbook team in Vegas at IBS earlier this year where they were chosen as a finalist for the most innovative construction tool of 2020, which is saying a lot considering how many tools are actually out there. If you're looking to remove the stress from your projects, make your clients happier, and increase your profits, they're offering a special deal to all Builder Funnel Radio listeners. Hit pause right now and text BUILDBOOK to 33777 for a free trial of the software plus 45% off the first year. There's absolutely no risk to try it. so Go ahead and hit pause and text BUILDBOOK to 33777 to take advantage of the trial and score the 45% off. This deal isn't available anywhere else, so I recommend at least trying out the software. All right, let's dive into today's show. Hey, guys, welcome back to episode 16 of Building a Family Business here on Builder Funnel Radio. As usual, I have Brooks and Wes with me. How's it going, guys?
1: Good. good.
0: Yeah, doing well today. And uh, Wes, I know uh, you've been reading a pretty interesting book. What are you reading right now?
1: Yeah, it's one I would definitely recommend to our four listeners called (laughs) (laughs) Perfectionist by Simon Winchester. And uh, I
0: think we're at five now. Oh, we're at five.
1: Good. Yeah. So (laughs) I'm talking. Uh, It's called The Perfectionist How Precision Engineers Created the Modern World. And so I think, you know, for us that have been in the building trades and things like that, it's a pretty interesting book because it talks about the development of how do we measure things and how do you do things exactly the same way over and over and over again. And it talks about development of the steam engine and interchangeable parts on guns and so it's really a fascinating book you know just how did we get to a standardized screw you know when you think about you go down to Home Depot and go down to the you know the screw area and go through and you pick up some comment
0: <laughs> you had a lot of options there I of options. We're
1: not gonna take any of those uh so anyway but just the the number of uh threads in an inch and all of that kind of stuff <laughs> so anyway i highly recommend the book <laughs> it's really good <laughs> brooks
2: I, don't know.
1: I think Brooks should say something right now.
0: <laughs> Brooks, do you have any thoughts on that?
2: Thanks, <laughs> Actually, I <laughs> did have a pretty good thought. In that home building, remodeling, construction, one of the last things that is really hand built in front of people. You, it's just something you perform where people will walk by the construction site and just stare at what you're doing. And where else do you get, does that happen? You don't go to the the factory and watch people assemble things anymore, but there's something that you actually are building, assembling in an environment where people expect everything to be exactly the same. And, you know, we're in typically an uncontrolled environment. So it's a great, I think it sounds like a great book about how are you creating things that are very consistent and very inconsistent construction cycle, construction environment, you're working outside, you're working in the rain, you have all different types of humidity, things are just uncontrollable. And the building business, you know, has made a lot of attempts to try to factory build homes and ship them out, and that never seems to quite work. So that sounds like a great, a great book.
1: Yeah, it really is interesting. And he kind of the way divides up the book is each chapter is another step in the progression towards more precision. You know, so, so that's pretty interesting chapter one, you know, well, we get it within a 10th of an inch and that was very precise. So, so and Brooke's comment about hand building a house, you know, your factory is there at the job site, you know, Henry Ford, when he first started building cars, he experimented with a lot of different ways to build a car and get a lot of throughput and how do you do it accurately. And that was one of the ways, which was the car stays in one spot and people come to the car and build it or people hand them tools and they put it all together and then it's done. Kind of like we would do a house. Right. And that was discovered to be, you know, not nearly as efficient as having a line of people have the have the house or the car, you know, move past you on a line. And of course, we just we can't do that with houses, but you could do it with manufactured houses,
2: I guess. I think they can, you know, and that's why the houses are split in half and they build one side and the other side, they put them together. Funny story. I was riding my bike by a job site the other day and the guys were framing and there was a guy up on the second floor calling down to the guy cutting and he's like, yeah, leave the line, burn the line right inside the line. Yeah, right. You know, so they're within a 32nd or a blade width. I mean that's a term, you know. Was it, we'll just make it within a blade width. I'm like, yeah. So still very you know kind of organic.
1: Yeah. When you think what what what's a blade width? It's it's what a tenth tenth of an inch or you know who knows. With, just get it within a blade with
2: width.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so so <laughs> not all that precise.
2: Yeah. Right. How thick is your pencil when you make the mark?
1: Right. Yeah. I was The other day when I was using my skill, you know, I was thinking. Yeah, you know, which side of the line am I cutting on? Am I yeah, am I burning the line? You know, because you want to it the line. as close as you can possibly get it. But once again, you're relying on an artisan or someone to do that. And this book really talks about the development of machines to build machines, because right. eventually the artisan can bring a lot to the table, but can't duplicate that precision. Just kind of like you used to say, well, I don't want something built on a Friday. I want something built on a Monday morning because the artisan was tired on Friday versus fresh on a Monday morning. Interesting. I do it? And I'm going to read this next one in the series, which is The Men Who United the States, which is really about the transportation system and the development of the transportation system in our country. And I think that's going to be fascinating. To
2: be he has a
1: different perspective because he is British, but he lives in the U.S.,
2: Yeah, that's great. What do
0: you think has been your biggest takeaway from this book so far on, you know, kind of this goal and getting to perfection or kind of narrowing that, you know, piece of distance of error you've got there? I think
1: my biggest takeaway so far really has been and as to how quickly, relatively speaking, this has occurred. Yeah. So as, you know, several hundred years ago, you know, you're still you know, um, well, probably a little bit more than a couple hundred years ago, but just like in the manufacture of guns. Well, in the, in the civil war, you know, no, I think it's the war of 1812. If You broke a trigger on your gun. You were done because there was no box of triggers to go get a new trigger that fit right <laughs> yeah. into your gun. You had to go find a Turned pilot. around and ran. Right. <laughs> well, and that's, that's exactly what happened is that as people' weapons broke, they turned and ran because they couldn't get their gun repaired and they might not get it repaired for four or five or six days. That's
2: when it, well, and that's when it would become a club. I mean, exactly that's right. Would, yeah, right. Life, you know?
1: yeah. Anyway, but just it's amazing how quickly this has actually happened. When you think about you know, how long history is, you know, man's history. They see this progress in such a short period of time to the iPhone, which is probably one of the most technically advanced little contraptions you could ever think of in terms of precision and accuracy.
2: You think about all the different things that are in an iPhone, you know?
1: Yeah. Right now. Mechanically, electronically, you Glass know. light, camera, everything. Right. Lenses. Yeah, yeah. He has a whole chapter on lenses alone, which is very interesting.
0: Yeah, it'll it'll be interesting to see uh, if that speed of technology does start to make its way into building remodeling. Because I know there is some pretty advanced technology, but it doesn't feel like it's hit mainstream all the way you know a little bit slower adoption rate well, it's, it's always
2: been a struggle I mean we've been talking about you know in our career and West of my career you know the smart house
0: mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. I mean back in the in the 80s it was all about wiring you know where you how are you going to wire everything so and we spent all this time where all these you know where's the the cat five and the cat four and the, you know the cable and now you don't need any of it We really worked really hard about where all that stuff was and how it was all at work. It's irrelevant. It's,
1: I think, certainly something it's important for us to all remember as we think about planning and looking out into the future, which is there'll be big jumps. You know, it's not linear. And I think as human beings, we always like to think everything is linear. And so when we do our planning and projections, we just extrapolate out. And that's really not the way any of this happens. You know, it might happen for a short period of time, but then there's some quantum jump you know, sideways and things change.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's true. Well, I know today we were going to dive into a few uh, do's and don'ts in terms of family business. You know, Brooks, as you think back, are there any, maybe we'll start with the don'ts. You yeah, know, sometimes that's <laughs> always easier. <laughs> yeah. Are there anything that stand out to you?
2: Yeah, so the, the key thing, and so we see it happen a lot in, in family businesses, people will put family members on the payroll, and they're not working. So that's definitely a don't. If people are working in the business, that's fine, but don't just be putting people on the payroll for no reason, because it just creates problems within, within the business, and it's also, it also can give you trouble you know, a tax time, too. So that's definitely a don't. Uh, Wes, what do you think?
1: Yeah, no, no, that's that's a great one. Um, I'd say another one too is just don't don't play favorites. So don't play favorites either with family members, or I guess the converse would be a family member is an unfavorite because you're being much harder on them than you would be on a regular employee. So an even hand across the board, uh, whether it's a family member or non-family member.
2: Yeah, and don't and uh, you know don't use uh, you know don't bring family disputes into the workplace. I mean, that's always a challenge sure. and, right uh you know things that could have happened 30 years ago in some family environment and they get dragged into the workplace because and it could be between siblings who had some just you know, maybe had never got home and or it could be also, as simple
1: as you know the the employees that show up at work and the husband and wife who run the company which many you know many of our companies are husband and wife teams and they're upset about something that has nothing to do with the business, and they bring it right in the office, and everyone's walking on eggshells for the rest of the day or the week or whatever. And that's does not help productivity
2: at your company. And that's a good point, which is probably one of the biggest challenges. Yeah, if you have a, a husband and wife team, and things are not going well at the office or not going well at home, how you know uh, any any marital disputes can really destroy a business and so you know the quicker you can move through those things and try to have the business survive the better but yeah you can say what's your husband and wife come in they're they're arguing that's really detrimental to the business
1: yeah so i guess if you take that one step further if you feel like your relationship is on rocky ground
2: to begin i wouldn't and start a business. With that. No, <laughs> and you can't. Another don't is you can't give family members a free pass because they're family members. That's right. another big don't, which is they have to be treated equitably the same way you would other uh, employees. Which is really hard, really hard to, to maintain, that balance. maintain that balance. Yeah, career, if you're a parent and one of your children works in the business. I mean, you know, it's so hard to be like, oh, do I have my Boss hat on my dad, my mom or dad had on like you know, that's mm-hmm. that's
1: rough for sure. Because if you 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 might know the background of what's going on with that particular person because it is a family member. Well, sure. But you kind of have to set that aside because you certainly don't have all that background info about the other folks that work for you, and you just have to keep it pretty straightforward. And right.
2: mm. you know, don't uh, the other thing is you know don't just use handshakes. If you got to deal with a family member, it's got to be documented just like you would with anybody else. You know, it's sure you can work all the details out, may, maybe much more amicably and easier with a, a dialogue than you might be with someone that's not a family member. But at the end of the day, sit down and write all that down, even if it's just a memo of understanding, because it's just amazing how people forget. Uh, you
0: create your own history, right? You know? <laughs>
2: oh, yeah. I mean, I. I I mean, you know, Heather and I would would have this challenge where we would say, Okay, well, this is how I remember it and this is how I remember it. And I'm like, were we in this, you know, and, and it would be it was close, but there'd be some stuff we wouldn't. So we would just always write everything down. And we did that in, in the business with with Todd and Julie and with the four of us working together. We just sit down and say, Okay, here's what everybody's remembering from this conversation. And we'd and we'd have some conversation, make a decision. And something you think, oh we'll walk out of here. We're all gonna remember that. No one remembers it. I think it
1: happens a lot because the way your memory works is you really the mind actually flushes most everything, and it just maintains certain hooks. Right. So it just it it remembers the hooks, and then it rebuilds everything to connect the hooks. So you know you're going to remember four or five little instances out of that particular situation. Someone else will remember four or five different little instances, and then everyone's mind rebuilds the rest of the picture differently that's like when someone no no that fence was red no i'm pretty sure it was blue you know
2: um, i think that's the yeah, yeah don't use a handshake for that but it, it, for any sort of just you know agreement but it does bring up another key point which is if you're having business meetings here we call them steering meetings in our company we still have them and you're you have your agenda you have some of these things you're talking about and discussing you're making a decision you're saying hey we're going to park that and when this comes up in a month we're going to revisit it we write down what everybody is understanding of what we're going to revisit we'll pull that out in a month and we're all sitting there going what you know and then i'm like well here's because i'm the, i take the notes I'm like okay here's what we wrote down here's what we all said yeah that's fine and we'll sit there and go man okay well there you go but it doesn't give you a place to start from and continue to move forward versus a whole half hour discussion about, I don't remember it that way, you know, and so, so that's been, that's been helpful is to, you know, is to do that, write it down, even if it's simple, you know, Hey, we're going to make a decision in a month about this. And here's the things that are important. And we bring that back out. Okay. Here's what we said. Okay. Now let's, you know, make that decision.
1: That's Yeah, no, that's, that's great advice. I think another one, too, is don't commingle your personal and business expenses. So, you know, I think it, that's a, a big temptation for small business, either because they don't have the accounting controls, but uh, you always want to make sure that you draw a super distinct line between what are my personal expenses and what are my family expenses, separate accounts, separate, uh, separate accounting otherwise you can you can end up in, in uh, some big tax uh, have some big tax issues
2: well, you have some tax issues and you also have trouble understanding what does it cost me to run my personal house and what does it cost me to run my business and you'll you'll see that when when businesses go to sell and business valuation companies are like okay well let's peel out all the personal expenses that are related to you being an owner of this company versus just running the company and i mean there's definitely some there's some things that were allowed through tax policy and through you know business accounting policy that are allowed that do are beneficial for um you know owners um but there are some things that are not allowed so you have to just be careful of what's allowed or not allowed so guess the dog left
0: dog left yeah If you've followed Builder Funnel for even a little bit, you know we're huge believers in the inbound marketing methodology. One of the most important phases is the client delight phase. By delighting customers, you turn them into promoters of your business and your brand. The only way to get people to go out of their way to sing your praises is to wow them throughout the process. This is something the guys over at BuildBook are helping you do. Better communication leads to better outcomes. And that means communication at every level. Daily logs, client selections, punch lists, and change orders. Today that communication gets super fragmented between email, text, and phone calls. And inevitably, things fall through the cracks. With BuildBook, everything funnels through one simple app, keeping everyone on the same page and your clients filled with delight. No more digging through texts or random emails looking for client approvals. Just one place to see everything going on with a project. And as a reminder, they're offering a special deal to all Builder Funnel Radio listeners. Hit pause right now and text BuildBook to 33777 for a free trial of the software plus 45% off the
2: first year. All right, let's get back to the show.
0: He he was tired of your monologue there.
2: (laughs) My monologues do go on and on. So let me dig deeper.
0: Yeah. Well, is that why you also mentioned the thing about just putting people on payroll if they're not active in the business? Because then it's not giving you that true representation of your P&L and all those types of things.
2: And there, I mean, there are ways you can put pe- family members and have them on the payroll if they are doing work. I mean, it's very, you know, it's like, oh, okay, well, I've got a, a kid in high school and I need the office cleaned. I'll put them on the payroll to clean the office, and they do the work and they get some, you know, benefits, and but they're physically doing the work versus. Yeah, just, yeah, that's
1: that, well, that's legitimate. You yeah, know, that's,
2: that's a legitimate. Let's yeah. well, try show an example between you know but
1: you don't want to do it. Just, you know, you can imagine the effect that has on the other employees if they see a child or an uncle or cousin or, you know, who's getting paid or or is getting paid and not doing very much. And that, that's very debilitating to to everybody else on the team.
2: Yeah, and it is, it, it is a hot button for the IRS. You know, they're, they're always looking, if you're in an audit, they're looking to see, is everybody who's on this payroll fully employed? And you know, family members will be suspect.
1: Yeah. So have better have a job description. Yeah,
2: you know. absolutely. They're doing something.
1: Yeah. Have your handbook, have your job descriptions written down and
2: be fine. It really help. Yeah, that's perfect.
1: I'd also say don't let uh, your business consume your family life, which is pretty easy to do. And I think in in retrospect, all of us who've been in family business for a long time, you can look at different times in your life where it became all consuming. And so you know, the rest of the family life maybe suffered for a while. And, and that's probably going to happen to a certain extent at different points, but yeah. you don't want that to be an ongoing, ongoing thing. So really try to leave the business at the business when you get home.
0: That's a good one. Yeah. And, and you will, as an entrepreneur, go through those cycles, but you've got to, got to be able to break that cycle at some point and say, okay, this has gone on long enough where it's negatively impacting or draining, you know, family time. Have you guys found a way to identify that? Cause sometimes when you're in, in the middle of it, you almost don't feel it. Cause you're just, you're just doing it. You're reacting. You're doing what you feel like you need to do to survive or, you know, I think it's next good if,
1: if you have a, a spouse or a partner who understands what's going on in the business, or maybe they work in the business as well. And you can talk about it and have some ground rules around it. Say, hey, you know, I need you to, to call me out if I'm letting this drag me down or, you know, so you can each support each other to okay. keep the family on a more even keel. I, I think that's pretty helpful. I, th- I think, too, with your partner, if that's your, uh, your spouse. You do have to set some ground rules, or or have some sort of a code, because one person may go, "Man, I really want to talk about what's going on at work this evening," and the other person's going, "That is the last thing I want to do. I don't want to talk about this anymore." You know, so if you can't get away from your work because your partner, you're living with your partner, then you need to kind of talk your way through that. And maybe you both
2: want to talk about it, but sometimes if you don't, you got to have some way of saying, "Matt, hey. like, eh, not going to talk uh, about you know. it." A fun way, or not a fun way, but a way Heather and I came up with that is that we would just have a time, like, hey, can we, and I would say, hey, can we meet on this work topic at this point in the day? Mm-hmm. You know, and I mean, we were both working in the business. So that's one way to do it during the workday. And you say, hey, can we just take a half an hour during the work day? And I, and I really need to talk about these things so I can get some perspective or get some help. And that can bleed into, the, into home too, but you can also do the same thing, which is, hey, you know, could we talk for a half an hour after breakfast about this so I could get your feedback? Because really, you're for me, it was always looking for feedback about hey, what do you what do you think about this? What's your input? What would how would you approach this? So that's what I was and Michael, like, that's what I was looking for. I didn't want to just talk about it. I was really wanting to get that feedback from Heather. And so I would just set a time and she's like, Great. And we sit down, i have her full attention, and, and that works great. Because she really didn't want to talk about it at six in the morning when we're taking a walk right yeah like, oh well, that's a miserable walk for an hour yeah, <laughs> i wanted to get out and enjoy
1: nature and all of a sudden we're talking
2: about, <laughs> <away> about
1: <laughs> this vendor who hasn't paid us um yeah
2: right yeah what are we going to do about this yeah it's like well i just wanted to enjoy nature here for a little bit and now we're just talking about the. Right, that do, like- you, can,
1: you can do too is uh just from communication front is you know karen will say to me well I just want to say this, but I don't want you to solve this for me. I'm just, I just want to say this and talk about, you know, that's, that's all I'm doing here. Please don't hop in with a solution for me.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, yeah. Okay. that That's fine.
0: Cause
1: you know, if you're, if, if you're a solutions oriented person, then, you know, typically you want to help somebody out and Oh yeah, you can do this, 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 and this. Well, didn't really
2: That's a good question. I mean, is trying to work on your listening skills, which is, is asking that question ahead of time, which is, do you want me just to listen or do you want me to provide feedback or, and, and that helps you. Then you can be like, okay, I'll dial it for me. I'll, I'll dial it back and someone's just going to talk. And I'm like, yeah, that sounds interesting.
0: Yeah. Sounds really rough. Yeah. I yeah. Get it. Yeah.
2: I understand. You're fighting my tongue off here with my 20 great ideas. Like <laughs> <laughs>
0: We could solve this instantly.
2: <laughs> uh,
0: yeah. So well, Yeah. How about, how about on the flip side? You know, these are, I feel like a lot of thing good things to not do, but you know, there are some great things about family business and some opportunities and we, we've gone through some of those, but are there any things that that stand out to you as like, you definitely need to take these steps or do these things within that family dynamic and environment?
1: A key one is, is communicate or over communicate. Um, and it can be on a host of topics, smaller or large, you know, definitely if you've got kids or other family members in the business who are younger, you know, let them know what your plans are. <laughs> I was thinking, I know a gentleman here in town and his father had a very successful business. They made, um, uh, styrofoam forms, you know, to put tools and things like that. And, uh, Anyway, the son, uh, the gentleman who I know, he worked in the in the business for a number of years, quite a few years. <laughs> Dad showed up one day and said, "Hey, guess what? I sold the business."
0: Oh man! <laughs>
1: <laughs> the son. Oh, what am I? chopped liver? <laughs> you know, it, it. I think it probably took him a while to to get over that, and that was just a total lack of communication.
2: Yeah. Total lack. Yeah. And
1: and who knows. You know, maybe the father thought the son couldn't handle the business or maybe he didn't but, want to do a workout or, you know, who knows, but they didn't talk
2: about it. Yeah. I mean, I guess that really you have to over communicate in, in those situations. So do over communicate, because if you don't, then there's just going to be all these things. Well, I thought you were going to do this. And it's like, well, I thought you were going to do that. And you know, you just.
1: Yeah. So I think as a subset of that, I would say start start with the end in mind you know if you start your business or if you haven't you know if you're early on your business and what is the purpose of the business yeah and and is this i'm going to run this and i'm going to sell it am i going to run this because i want to pass it on to my kids and i want them to run it or am i just going to run it and build up some assets and shut it down you know there's lots of different things and lots of different reasons people go into business and so that is part of that communication is being clear in your own mind as to what you're trying to accomplish. Doesn't mean it can't change, but at least I've thought it through.
2: Yeah, I think that's that goes also to do do work on succession planning. I mean, do think about that. Think, like you said, Russ, which is hey, what is if you're going to build this business up and you're thinking you're going to pass it on in some way, then you need to think about that. I mean, only, uh, there's the statistic I pulled out. So only 30% of family businesses survive to the second generation. You know, like 12% make it to the third. Wow. I think that's a that's probably a higher number than really what really happens. It seems to me like very few ever make it to the third. So, it's, if you're thinking about succession, then you really have to get way out in front of it, especially if you have kids and. We were really clear with our kids when they were in grade school and junior high and like, hey, this business is not going to be a business that you guys are going to go into. You know, We'll have other assets, other real estate. We're going to, you know, you'll be involved in different ways, but it's not going to be in the operational business of operating a home building company. So we were just super, super clear about that early on. So no expectations in that situation. Might be around some other
0: stuff, but you know. Yeah, that's a good point. You know, just uh, you usually don't think about those things when you first get going because there's so many other priorities. You know, like getting sales and you know figuring out systems and getting revenue in the door. You know, those types of things. And so, but yeah, after even just a short period of time, once you've you're in the business and it's it's rolling, then Mm -hmm. that's probably a good time to start thinking about those things and it may shift over time, you know, what your priorities are, but I guess pairing your, both of your dues would be, you know, do succession planning, but then do over communicate. And if you're always communicating on how things are changing, then you're setting up for either success in transferring or not, but that was intentional at least it sounds like.
1: And I think too, if you're, you know, I think this, we've talked about this probably before, but, if you do have multiple kids, you've got you know one more more than one child, and that's where the communication really becomes imperative. Especially if you have just one child that wants to be involved in the business, and the other ones do or don't, or you know, even if the other kids don't want to be involved, and one does, the other kids are probably thinking, "Yeah, I bet you that kid's getting a better deal than me." You know, they're they're <coughs> more favored or. Who knows? Who knows what they're thinking? But that's where, as a as a parent and an owner, you can step in and say, hey, this is how this works. Super transparent. This is how, you know, everything is going to work out. And that can apply at, uh, you know, Thanksgiving.
2: And by the way, yeah, they're definitely getting better. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: Guess this is the dog show today.
2: You was. Know? <laughs> We must have a FedEx delivery or something.
0: That, that's Ranger for everyone that hasn't met him. Yeah, yeah. That's
2: great. yeah. But he obviously loves FedEx. Uh, yeah, does, yes. he yeah, not Bark, probably just bark at the Amazon Prime truck. I'm sure. Yeah.
0: He's, this is I,
1: I. love you so much. I want to eat you. Bark. Yeah.
2: Right. yeah. <laughs> no, I've already had breakfast, I'm going to have a second breakfast. That's right. Yeah. The other do I think is get lots of outside family input. So if you can put together your you know, your kitchen cabinet, so to speak, of who are those advisors that you value, and it could be formal or informal, but it's getting non-family members, and this is valuable, even if it's just you and your business by yourself. I think, you know, outside input from from bankers, from vendors, from people you respect in the business community. and there, And it could be just input from, you know, over lunch or breakfast or just coffee where you're... And it could be that informal or it could be like, hey, could we get together, you know, once a month or once a quarter and get your feedback. And yeah. people are more than happy to do that. And that's super helpful. You know, I guess we're it's like building. What do they what do they call that? When you get all the people together? Mastermind, Mastermind, Mastermind group. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah, the yeah
1: I, I, we did that uh, several times that we didn't consistently do it, I think, over or over at least my time in business but I did do it on a number of occasions and I did find it helpful to get that that input. Family members tend not to be as impartial and, right. and people that are not involved in the business have a different perspective. They can see they can see those big flaws that, that you are blind to <laughs> or right. they don't want to address.
0: Yeah. I find that outside perspective. I mean, people are able to just see things with fresh eyes, you know, yes. and, yeah. Yeah, you're just blind to it. Yeah, I've sat in on a few mastermind groups and it's amazing. You'll watch somebody sitting there and they'll be running through everything, and then it's just like a flood of ideas from the other, you know, people. And sure. they're going, "Oh, whoa, okay, yeah, I'd never thought about it that way." And so, yeah, there's a couple of people I meet up with, you know, on a pretty regular basis, either monthly or quarterly, and yeah, just run through like challenges or different things. And yeah, one idea just kind of hits you over the head, and you're going, "Okay, so." Yeah, not always looking internally to to family and feeling like all the answers have to come from there makes a lot of sense.
2: Yeah. Anytime you can get with an outside group, you know, we've talked about it before, whether it's through your industry that have some, you know, we've talked about the Builder 20 program and the National Association of Home Builders, super valuable for our company. Uh, We just get lots of people that are very willing to share and share their experiences, which is super helpful.
0: Anything else in the the do's don'ts category that uh, standing out to you guys?
2: I just had
1: one more, which is just uh, be flexible, be willing to to change your game plan. Don't be ultra rigid. Yeah. You do want to have a plan, but
2: you got to flex. As we know, things change. Absolutely. I think the other key thing, do set compensation rules. Mm -hmm. Do set compensation rules because compensation is such a sensitive topic. So it's, This is how we pay people regardless of family affiliation. This this is how we pay our employees. And uh, I think that's super critical. Yeah. Good point.
0: Cool. Well, hopefully uh, this uh, quick rapid fire list of do's and don'ts helped you guys. And I know Brooks and Wes, you guys have run into these things either once or multiple times over the years. And yeah, hopefully it saves you a lot of headache down the road as you start thinking about some of these things and feels like, communicate and over-communicate seem to be common themes. And I think it's just tough You're always having to actively battle against that to just keep sharing, keep talking. And it feels like that solves most problems. So thank you guys for listening. We appreciate it. And if you have ideas for the show, things you want us to talk about, go ahead and send a quick email over to radio at builderfunnel.com. And we will see you next week on building a family business here on Builder Funnel Radio.